Uh, as the NFL regular season kind of wraps up, we got week week 18, obviously, just about here, a couple days away. Golf, PGA Tour. I know I got some golf. I'm so excited betting. for this. Trista, by the way, Trista came in yesterday, Ryan, and was like, I have spreadsheets on, on, on go- I, like, I'm so ready for this. She nerded out to a level I, I have never seen before. And as a very casual like, hey, golf better. Can we I'm- get Pam Maldonado on tomorrow? Because, and, like, I have questions. And that is exactly who we have now. Pam Maldonado, of course, betting analyst from Yahoo Sports and Odds Checker. And, you know, I've got a couple of golf uh, junkies over here. I'm more of the casual golf better, but I'd like to take a little bit of a crash course from them and from you just before the season gets started. And maybe anybody else, Pam, that's kind of looking to get into a little more golf, especially, you know, as the season goes on and we don't have football mm-hmm. and things like that. So what would be the overarching, maybe couple of storylines or things you're looking at as we head into this season? Well, for the 2023 season, what I'm looking forward to is I love head-to-head match betting when it comes to the PGA. I know that the outright market is a lot of fun and playing the top 20s and the top 10s, you have the longer odds. You're playing the 20 to 1s, you're playing the 28 to 1s, 30 to 1 and greater. But the if you want to be consistently making money in the PGA, you have to look at the head-to-head market. And so for me, that's my bread and butter when I get into the PGA. I don't really step into it this early. It's the first tournament out of the gate, so I want to sit back I want to see what's what, see how the players are adjusting because we haven't seen some of these players in months. And if you're like me, I haven't paid attention to the PGA because we had football. (laughs) So I want to get a feel for the players again. They want to get a feel for the courses, get into rhythm, find a groove. And then once they do, that's when you hop into the head-to-head market. I was looking at this grid and it's it was giving certain players that if you bet them every single week outright, you know, who would have made money for you and who wouldn't have. For some surprising reason, and obviously the odds are one of the reasons, is Max Homa would have yielded you, uh, if you bet him outright every single tournament, you would have been up just under nine grand if you bet $100 on every outright. Same thing with the same thing with I want to say oh there was another there was another golfer as well but obviously Colin Morikawa you would have been down like twenty three hundred (laughs) dollars if you bet him outright and we bet him a lot versus betting them like sporadically how how do you deal with the outright market? Um, Well, when it comes to the outright market, you really have to be precise. It's horses for courses, right? That's what they say. So every tournament is going to be a different course. Some are long, some are short, some are narrow, some are wide open fairways. The skill set of a player is going to determine which course is best suited for a value when it comes to the outright market. So for somebody like who somebody who can bomb it like John Rahm, he's consistent. You put him on a narrow fairway, you put him on a wide fairway, it doesn't matter. He's one of the best players in the world, if not the best. So you give him a difficult course, he's probably going to do well. Somebody like Max Homa, he likes the West Coast. He's from California. He does well over there. So you want to focus more on like the West Coast tournaments, um, something like Pebble Beach or whatnot. Um, but then you have to, you just, it varies. It depends on how well a player can putt on a certain surface. It depends if there's weather in the mix. It depends if it's a, a weak field, a stronger field. Is it a major? Is it just like, so there's so many variables when it comes to the PGA betting, but that's what makes it so fun, right? Because like you're putting together a puzzle piece and you have the entire year and you're still like, oh, I still can't get it, <laughs> but it's fun. Yeah. It's fun trying. And, and I'm kind of like you, Pam, where I take it easy the first couple tournaments because we're waiting for season win total and future money for football season and to come back mm-hmm. obviously but how important yeah. this weekend and you know moving forward how important is course history for you because the couple guys that I'm looking at I don't love the prices obviously you know but John Rahm course record holder and then you have JT who's a two-time event winner how important is uh, course history especially this early in the season for you 
Well, course history in the PGA is always going to be something that you want to consider, but I'm never going to use it as like a solidified, okay, this is the stat that I'm utili utilizing heavy. I'm going hard. John Rahm, he does well here. I'm going to hammer him. Mm -hmm. No, it also has to make sense. How did he close out the 2022 season? Was there any injuries? Would he have an off time? What are his stats coming into it? Um, maybe he struggled putting. Maybe he's doing better off the tee. So it's still like an additional variable. It's kind of like a trend in the NFL, right? Like you follow these trends and you look at them and you're like, okay, well, maybe I'm like leaning more towards betting this, but there's a trend that helps the case. It's the icing on the cake rather than like the base of the cake. So rather than the flower base. <laughs> so I want to use it as like an additional supplement, but I'm never using it as like a solidified, this is it. I'm going to hammer it because of this reason. Well, look at the, let's look at the first tournament then that is coming up, obviously, the Tournament of Champions in beautiful Hawaii. We're all get to watch that and go, mm -hmm. I wish I was there. Um, that's, <laughs> that's the way that it goes. You're like, oh, yeah, I wish I was a professional golfer. They just go to beautiful places most of the time, unless it's maybe Scotland. That's the only one. Who Whose game benefits from this course? So this course, everybody. Mm -hmm. And the reason is because it is short. It's a really long course. It's just under 7,600 yards, but it's a par 73. But these fairways are massive. You do not have to be accurate off the tee. Bombers are going to do well. Short hitters are going to do well. The greens are also so large. So it benefits somebody who can putt, but still somebody who struggles putting can have success here as well. The elevation changes is what makes this uh, interesting because – and kind of even playing ground because it's going to be up and down. So it matters uh, where your ball lies. Are you going to get an extra roll out of it? So it really does benefit a lot of the players. There's only 39 players in the field and all 39 can have success. And you saw it in last year's numbers, 34 under won this tournament, 18 out of the 38 total golfers shot at least 20 under. And if you look at the top of the leaderboard from the 2022 tournament, you had bombers, you had short hitters, you had good iron players who couldn't really hit off the tee, you had uh, short game players. So there's not one specified player that could have success. You're just looking for the player that's coming into this with some rhythm, with some form that finished 22 strong. And because it's a wide open fairway, longer hitters, I want to I want to back them this week. Yeah. So how are you looking at that in terms of if if so many different types of players can play well here? What are you narrowing in on besides, say, momentum? Like this tournament is really one of those where you want to kind of get your feet wet rather than like, I'm hammering this tournament. I feel so strong about it. There's only nine, 39 players in the field. It's a no-cut event. So all the 39 players are guaranteed four full rounds. So that's going to change the dynamic a little bit. Yeah. But I'm coming into this and I'm looking at First and foremost, Scotty Scheffler, 10-1 odds to win. He's a top, top three favorite to win. But when he was winning last season, he was putting so well, and that was one of the strengths of his game. Coming, uh, Closing out the 2022 year, he was lingering. He had some lingering putting concerns. He, was, he lost strokes in seven of his last eight events, but the results were still there, and that's because Scotty Scheffler is still one of the best tee to green players on tour. And if he can just figure out that putter – just even slightly, if he can just be neutral with a the putter, then you can absolutely believe that a win is go not only going to come potentially this week, but it's going to come soon. Because in the last 36 rounds, Scheffler from tee to green is the fourth best player in the field. He leads the field in opportunities gained, which means he is putting the ball close enough in order to give himself those birdie opportunities. That's a player that you want to back. If it is on the shorter end, I want to back Scheffler because we saw him, how well he crushed in 2022. He can certainly carry that over into the 2023 season. Pam, uh, just a quick follow-up. If you were going to choose one player to bet on for outrights every single tournament this season and then also someone to break out, who would it be? 
Well, you were talking earlier about you don't want to, you didn't want to do Colin Morikawa. You maybe wanted to do Max Homa. In 2022, that outright player for me was Will Zalatoris, and I am going to back him again because he eventually got the win to close out 2022. We haven't seen him play since August, but the last tournament that he did play, he won. But if you bet Zalatoris in the top five, in the top 10, every tournament, you absolutely made bank. He wasn't winning the tournaments, but he sure as heck was coming close. And he's coming back into this tournament with two herniated discs in his back. He hadn't played since, since August, but he is one of the best tee to green players on tour. He gained five or more strokes to the field in the last 36 rounds. So for me, it's Will Zalatoris is the one player that I would want to back because the odds are so good at 30 to one or better. The person that I don't want to back is John Rahm just because yeah. so such short odds in a field of 39 when all of them are guaranteed in a no cut event. It's just not worth it of value for me. No, I completely agree. And I'm looking right now, Zal Torres, 25 to one this weekend. And if we were talking about the masters, we would be looking at the top five, maybe top eight guys, obviously, but here, uh, do you think it's worth maybe a shot on somebody like Russell Henley or somebody like Hideki Matsuyama at 40 to one this weekend, or just kind of look at the top guys on the board here early. For this tournament, yeah. I'm looking uh, for the longer shots. I'm going to be looking to Keegan Bradley uh, because you are guaranteed four tournament rounds. I think he is a solid pick for a long shot because if you want to talk a player that has upside, that's definitely Bradley. Um, the plantation course is wall-to-wall -wall Bermuda grass. The greens are, T are Tiff Eagle Bermuda. That's the same strain as the Hero World Challenge, the RSM Classic, the Arnold Palmer, and the Honda Classic. Well, Bradley is top 10 in both putting and tee to green in all of those courses looking specifically. So it could be one of those courses for courses where he could do well specifically at this course just because it has a lot of similarities to courses that he's done well at before. And because of the odds in a 39 field, it's definitely worth the long shot play. Talking to Pam Maldonado, BetMGM tonight. We can't have you on and not talk about Week 18 of the NFL, though. And it's obviously a little bit different. There are certainly things up in the air with what happened on Monday night. Bills, Bengals, and you know how maybe some other teams approach this. Normally, the question becomes motivation for certain teams in Week 18, right? Mm -hmm. Like the, the Panthers yeah. and the Saints. You got a lot of guys that are 1-2-3 Cancun. They're ready to go on vacation. They're done. How are you approaching or looking at this week, given now the other layers of just the questions about the schedule and how some teams may just be mentally after what happened Monday night? I'm never considering that players are checked out of it in week 18 just because they're not in playoff contention. They're still in, uh, they're still professionals. They're still getting paid millions. They want to keep their contracts. They want to move to a better team. There's contract incentives. There's bonuses. There's still a lot of line and plenty to play for in week 18, even if they're not in playoffs. So that's one factor to consider. I'm never saying somebody is not motivated unless maybe it's the Texans who want to hold on to the number one draft <laughs> yeah. pick. But as far as the schedule changes, I mean, we're all trying to figure it out, right? Like the it was just released least a couple hours ago that the Bengals and the Ravens are going to be playing at 1 p.m. Eastern. Well, that kind of changes how I want to look at Seattle or something. So, I mean, we're all kind of trying to figure it out. And I think it's only Wednesday. There's still plenty of time from now until kickoff on Saturday and then kickoff on Sunday. So I'm definitely not in a rush to like put a, put my money on anything just quite yet. I do have some predictions and some thoughts, but I'm not running to the window to try to cash this because there's a lot of variables that can change from now until then. Completely agree. It's pretty much player props for me this week, and then uh, I'm a big Packer fan, so it all comes down to obviously Sunday night. No. Let's say everything works out the for the Lions, right? Let's say that let, let's say everything works out, and that game's for that final playoff spot in the NFC. Who would you go with? Jared Goff in the cold weather as a four and a half point dog, or Green Bay as a four and a half point favorite? Where you got Rodgers four and zero against go the Lions. With, I'm gonna go with Dan Campbell. <laughs> I'm gonna, oh I no! Love, I love. 
I love what the Lions are doing, and this culture is amazing. I love watching them. They're a fun offense. And don't get me wrong, Aaron Rodgers is fun in his own right, I guess. But yeah. I'm over it. Let's <laughs> move on to fun. some new blood. <laughs> let's move on to some new blood. Let's see what let's let's see. This is what happens. What happened with TCU in the college football playoff? Like you will you wouldn't expect them. They're the longest odds up on the board. They were what two hundred to one to make it to the national to win the national title. Like let's see some chaos. That makes for entertainment. And as much as we want to make money and it's about betting. I also want to be entertained, and I think that the Lions definitely could. Maybe play spoiler. You never know. That's why I want to see it, and let's find out. I also want chaos. I just want it in the AFC. Maybe, like, the Chargers could go on a run. I don't I don't need chaos. I would love the Chargers. Let's see Justin Herbert. Absolutely. Well, the thing we know anyway, if the Packers get in the playoffs, Aaron Rodgers ends up playing like he's on ayahuasca in the middle of the games Probably. anyway. So, it, like, it, it'll be one and done anyway. So, <laughs> Pam Maldonado, Yahoo Sportsbook. Always good talking to you. Thanks for coming on.